coming up next on the Wet Fly Swing podcast? You know, at first, like people only want to learn when you give them the opportunity to. So, you know, with these, like we're not with these videos, we're not in people's face saying, hey, you know, like white supremacy has caused this issue and, you know, like it's your fault, blah, blah, blah. No, like we're highlighting the people that are changing it. Right. So, yeah, it's an it's an opportunity to educate. That was Madison Lauterbach reminding us how to effectively make change. Another powerful grassroots group with a boatload of passion today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how are you doing today? Thank you for stopping by the show. Quick, uh, super quick reminder, if you can, check out another great fly fishing podcast, the Destination Angler Podcast right now is out there. They've been producing some great content. Steve has some destination trips around the country you can check out right now. You can just uh, click in that search button, click Destination Angler Podcast, and click subscribe, and you'll get updated when their next episode drops. Trestle designs, engineers, and manufactures industry-leading outdoor products and premium apparel. From their game-changing telescopic fly rod carrier and their specialized waterproof cases and fly boxes, to their magnetic nipper system that is revolutionizing the way people snip their line, you can head over to wetflyswing.com trestle right now. That's trestle, T-R-X-S-T-L-E. Check out what John and the crew has going right now at Trestle. Bear Vault has the perfect solution to keep your provisions secure while heading into the backcountry this year. Bear Vault builds a rugged locking canister that keeps bears and other wild animals away from your food. Proper food storage is one key to an epic backcountry trip. You can head over to wetflyswing.com slash bear vault right now and check out what they have going. That's wetflyswing.com slash bear vault. You support this podcast by checking out our sponsors right now. Madison Lauderback takes us into the new series of movies she produced focusing and highlighting women in fly fishing and some of the challenges they face told with stories from people around the country. We find out who Miss Mayhem is, why safety is such a huge topic for women, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm teeing this one up so you can drive these topics onto the green and out to the world, making change one podcast guest at a time. Without further ado, here is Madison Lauderback from MissMayhem.com. How's it going, Madison? Good. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for uh, putting this all together. You uh, a while back we connected, and you let me know this uh, this movie you have going, which sounds amazing. Uh, everything you're digging into, kind of more on the from the women's perspective of fly fishing, which is always a big topic, right? You know, there's a lot of from the it's from being a man, and obviously I'm a man. It's hard to get a perspective of what it's like, right, from that end. And I think you guys, this movie is shedding some light on that. So we're gonna dig into everything, and I know there's a lot I don't know, so I'm excited to hear about this. But before we get into it, talk about first how you got into fly fishing, and then we'll take it to the casting forward movie. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, like most, uh, people, um, I learned, you know, it was passed down to me from the previous generation. Um, my dad has been fly fishing for about 20 years at this point, uh, maybe a little bit under, um, but he, uh, taught me how to fly fish about eight years ago. Um, he had been trying to teach me for years and years before that. Um, and I was pretty resistant cause you know, teenage girls and sometimes, uh, they don't always want to do what their dads say. Yep. Um, so yeah, about eight years ago I decided, you know, okay, I'm going to finally do this. Um, I was really into snowboarding at the time and, my dad kept kind of, you know, telling me like, Hey, like, you know, this professional woman snowboarder also fly fishes, like you should get into it. And (laughs) finally I kind of gave in and, uh, and yeah, it's been awesome. Him and I do a few float trips every year. Um, and then now my partner who I've been dating for four years, um, also fly fishes as well. So I get to go with both of the two most important men in my life. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I also love to go with the women in my life as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's been great. That's really cool. Yeah. It, uh, I've talked about this, uh, quite a bit on the show, but I have two daughters that are, you know, they're going on eight and 10 and this is great to hear because, you know, they're not totally into it. They, they can cast everything, but I think since I love it so much, I've planted the seed. I'm sure even if they're not into it now, maybe I have hope right for later. Is that, you think that's possibility? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, especially as we get older, we want to spend more quality time with our parents. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's definitely on its way to happening. There you go. There you go. Cool. Well, talk about, uh, and we're, we're probably going to dig into more, um, maybe on your background, cause that's pretty interesting. I, I'd love to hear kind of some of your fishing, like where you're at and things like that. But I, I want to dig into the movie here, the casting forward, what you have going, cause that's what we want to focus on today. So maybe just start us out there. Talk about what the movie is, maybe describe it to somebody who's kind of new, never heard of what, what it's about and, and why you put this, you know, the group who put it together and what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a little bit of backstory. Um, I started Ms. Mayhem, uh, which is a Denver based online news outlet, um, in May of 2020. And we predominantly focus on stories about, um, women in male dominated industries and fields, um, and other marginalized communities and, you know, people making waves in their communities, basically. Um, so, you know, we, we, try and report from the intersection of race, class, gender, ability, sexuality, all those kind of mm-hmm. things. Um, so last year, um, what inspired the project, um, I bought a pair of, um, you know, quick dry pants, yep. um, from a very famous company. I'm not going to name them, but <laughs> you know, and they have, you know, a lot of push to get, more my uh, marginalized people on the water. Um, and I am of average build and I could not wear them. I couldn't mm. get them up past my knees. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So I started thinking about the industry as a whole and, you know, what, what these companies are actually doing aside from lip service, basically. Um, and I, you know, dug into, uh, some women owned companies and, 
this, that, and the other. And it kind of snowballed into this major multimedia project. Um, so, you know, we, I started talking to some of the other people on my editorial team and they were super supportive of doing something like this. Um, even though we have now (laughs) discovered that doing a major video project like this, it was way above our heads at the time. Right. Um, so yeah, so casting forward, um, is kind of the end product of, uh, what we referred to as the fly fishing project for the last year. And it is a, uh, premiere and a premiere event and a, it's going to be a digital journalism package as well. Um, so we're having this premiere event on May 18th, where we will showcase five videos that we produced as part of this project. Um, and they are on average about 15 minutes long. Um, there's five of them, as I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, that it'll also be a digital journalism package that we're putting up on our website after the event, um, around, I think we decided June 8th is when we're publishing that. Um, so that journalism package will include, uh, photos, um, the videos that we're showing and also, uh, written stories for each of the, of the videos that kind of pairs with it. Gotcha. So May 18th. So, and, uh, and right now, um, we're going to, this is obviously going to go out right around that time and it'll be out there for years to come. So when people come, if they're listening now, where would they go just to listen? Is this something where there's a fee to listen to it or how's that look? Um, yeah, so the event is virtual and in person. Um, and then obviously, you know, people can check out the digital journalism package after it's up on the website. Um, but yeah, so if, for the videos, um, right now until it's put up on our website, the, well, I guess even not right now, but after May 18th, yeah. um, yeah, it'll be, uh, It'll be virtual. Gotcha. So good. So we're talking, um, this is going to essentially, May 18th is going to be the big event. And if people want to check it out, um, I guess, so what would be the best way? Remind us again, if somebody wants to watch this video, what should they do? Uh, so you should come to our event, whether that's in person or virtually, um, especially if you kind of want to be the first, you know, among the first to see all of our hard work. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can't make it to the event, going to our website, msmayhem.com, um, after June 8th is a great way to experience the full effect as well. Um, and that's something that I suggest, even if you go to the event, um, you're only kind of seeing half of the story. Um, you know, even though we, uh, you know, are doing our best to include everything in video, um, or in the videos, Mm -hmm. you can't always get everything into, you know, a 15 minute video. So, um, to get like the full effect of all of our work, definitely check out the written stories that go with each video after June 8th. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause there's a ton that, yeah, that won't be in the video. And so, yeah. okay. That's, that's great to know. And so missmayham.com, that'll be the perfect place. We can go check that out. And what would you say to, 
you know, obviously we have a lot of, you know, males in, in the listening now, but also, you know, women as well. We have, uh, you know, I think somebody you might have highlighted was Penny Maybe, who actually I, yep. we've been, we did a cool, one of my first trips when we got going on this, we did like a, a trip up, a steelhead trip. And Penny was a listener, right, and came on the trip. And it was amazing. She is like super, you know, this really cool person. Yeah. But it's really, you know, our audience, I think, is still heavily dominated by men. So yeah. what would you tell the men listening? I mean, is this an event that definitely they want to go to support and, and kind of, and how does that, like, what could we do to be more uh, inclusive and, and understand what's going on here? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, obviously these videos were kind of made for women, but, you know, we don't want just women to watch these videos. Um, I mean, if only women watch these videos, it's kind of like preaching to the choir, right? Like we want these to also educate people that may not be aware of these issues. Um, And that's one thing, I mean, unfortunately, you know, we do kind of have to relate everything and say, well, you know, men out there, you have, you know, daughters, girlfriends, wives, um, sisters, you know, whoever the women in your life will most likely at some point experience some of these issues, especially if they are in fly fishing. Um, but even if they are not into the sport, I mean, you know, these, these are kind of reflective of larger issues in, you know, larger society. And, you know, we're kind of trying to meet people where they are in their comfort zone. Um, so for a lot of, a lot of, you know, predominantly white men, that is, you know, sports like fly fishing. Um, and we're trying to meet people like, white men, mm-hmm. um, who may not be aware of these issues to kind of expose them to, okay, now you see that it's an issue in fly fishing. It's also an issue in larger society. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, especially safety for yeah. women on and off the water. I mean, we spoke to some women who had had scary experiences on the water, but there's a lot of really bad stuff that happens on Instagram and Facebook and, you know, those Facebook groups that we all belong to that are, you know, uh, fly fishing groups that help us connect to other people. They can also be kind of, uh, a little bit aggressive. Mm. Um, and that's kind of an understatement as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, minority and, uh, marginalized people, you know, they're being left out of conversations about conservation, um, which is obviously mm. a much larger issue than just fly fishing. So, yeah, I mean, these are these are kind of we're holding up a mirror to society and kind of reflecting it back within a comfort zone for people. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, and I it hits home with me, too, because I've heard you know a lot of stories um but yeah, I mean, Megan, who's, you know, the person in my life, you know, is amazing. And she's, um, but she's been, I've heard story, like I never knew about any of this stuff. And that, I think that's mm-hmm. the challenge is like the white man, you know, whoever, right. You just don't, if you're not in there, if you're just a normal person, you know what I mean? You're not even seeing that stuff. But right. Megan has told me, even last night, we we're coming back from this trip and she's like telling this story about how she was hiking up on some trail and some white dude was following her the whole time. And she was really scared, like to the point where mm-hmm. she almost puked. 
Right. And and then finally she got away and was able to find another group out there hiking. But I mean, that's the stuff like these really, and I don't even, you know what I mean? It's just, so that's scary. And I think that for me, I, I would never understand that because that's never even crossed my mind, you know, unless, mm-hmm. right. So that's kind of what you're getting at, right? These are the stories Absolutely. that all, everybody, you and probably a lot of women who are outdoors are seeing that sort of stuff. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one thing that we kind of nailed down on, especially in our video about women's safety, um, which is called fishing in a man's world. Um, we went through the comments on the Orvis 50, 50 on the water campaign video, um, that they launched several years ago. And I don't know if you've ever done that, but it is a wild ride. Um, like we, so we actually, we took screenshots of some of these comments to use in our video to kind of like re, you know, iterate the point that like, this is, you know, something that I think a lot of men are unaware of, but also kind of willfully ignorant about mm-hmm. like, or they, you know, pretend that it's not a problem. Um, I mean, there were some comments in there, you know, they're typical, like, oh, Orvis is just, you know, like appealing to feminists and this, that, and the other, but there were some that were actually really kind of terrifying. Um, one commenter referred to, um, men go their own way several times. Um, and men go their own way is like an anti-feminist, um, like on, mostly online group of misogynists hmm. wow. um, who like advocate for separating themselves from a society that they think has been like poisoned essentially by feminists oh, wow. and women. Yeah. So yeah. That's and crazy. they, you know, yeah. It, like a lot of like incels and, you know, people who are potentially very dangerous have belonged to this group. Hmm. So yeah. Yeah, it's not uh you know, it's not imaginary barriers, it's not an imaginary problem like this is actually very serious. With over 40 years of experience, the Angler's Coffee crew roasts a full range of coffees with one major goal in mind. You know what that is, delivering excellent coffee to every single angler on this planet. Responsibly sourced from farms using sustainable growing practices, you can rest easy knowing you are doing your part they are roasting and shipping this within 48 hours as well to assure freshness you can check out the Derek DeYoung special artist series get a cool bag with a cool design and support a great group right now that's casting for recovery a dollar of the proceeds are going towards them with a blend for every taste a dry dropper on the go bag and everything else joe has it going check him out right now that's angler's coffee wetflyswing.com slash anglers to grab a bag of greatness today so that's a, obviously a huge topping and, and what you do in the the movie is essentially yeah you have like a 15 minute section of the movie that just goes into like safety. And then you also have like a few other sections, right? Describe some of those other sections as well and how it all fits together in this movie. Yeah. So, um, it's actually, we haven't strung these together into like one cohesive movie. They are actually separate videos. Um, so our first kind of section or, you know, first video, 
is about 14 minutes long and uh, its name is uh, River Revolutionaries. Um, and that's one where we kind of take a look at three uh, women in the fly fishing industry who are kind of changing it from the inside out. So we spoke to Kim Rinala from Miss Mayfly uh, Waiters, mm-hmm. um, April Archer from Sarah Bella Rods, uh, Dylan Demery from She's Fly Fishing, um, which is a fly shop that kind of curates um, gear specifically for women. And her whole thing is like, if she can't fit in it, she doesn't sell it, mm-hmm. which is awesome. I <laughs> love that. Uh, and so we kind of cover in that one, like why and how they started their companies, um, how other companies that are already established can improve the women's gear that they sell and make, um, the impracticality of like the whole shrink it and pink it phenomenon. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, we, we just kind of talked to them about, you know, why women, you know, have become used to not being able to find gear. Um, and you know, it's mostly because we can't find clothes that fit anyway in general. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it was, it was an awesome video to do. And we actually, um, so we're Denver based. We actually, uh, flew out to Chattanooga, Tennessee, Uh to interview Kim and a few of the people that she has kind of on her team. Um, and, uh, yeah, my, my assistant producer Esteban Fernandez and I, uh, went out there for a weekend and it was awesome. It was hot. It was, I think we went in August. Um, so it was pretty hot and muggy, but it was a really cool experience. Um, and then the, another video that we have, um, is about 12 minutes long. The name is Intangible, um, and that one is about uh, how women are affecting, you know, the climate change and Mm, conservation movements um, and how they're passing education on to the next generation. Um, Because obviously there's always going to be a difference, you know, uh, how women pass things on to the next generation versus how men do. Um, you know, and as, as I mentioned at the top of the show that, you know, a lot of people learn how to fly fish from their fathers, um, or another male example in their life. And, you know, now that a lot of, a lot more women are getting into it, they're going to be the ones that are passing it on. Um, so for that video, we spoke with, uh, Cara Armano from Artemis, um, Crystal Egley, uh, who's a former Colorado Parks and Wildlife uh, videographer. And um, she also has since then started Inclusive Guides. Um, and uh, that's an awesome, awesome organization. Uh, and then Barbara Lunau, who is the Colorado Trout Unlimited Stream Girls Program Director. Um, so in that video, you know, we looked at how each of these organizations encourages women to be stewards and spokespeople for conservation. Um, you know, we looked at women's connection to wildlife and the outdoors, um, and then the stream girls program, which is this awesome partnership between trout unlimited and girl scouts. Wow. 
Well, that's great. Yeah. I want to go back quickly on the, you mentioned on the gear, because that obviously is a big part of it. Uh, these are all huge topics, but on the gear, what would be, you know, there's a lot of, you know, companies that are listening to this show and they have gear out there. What would you tell them from what you've learned that could help them kind of create, you know, products that are more, you know, that, that align with men and women alike? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things that I think would be probably the most useful for, you know, all genders, um, is completely scrapping the size chart. Um, I know, yeah, I know that that, you know, it takes money, it takes time, it takes energy, but completely scrapping the current sizing charts that most of these companies use. I mean, for men too, like, um, you know, there are curvy men out there that yeah. <laughs> can't fit right. in waiters, right? Like, yeah. um, that happens and our bodies are all different. Um, so coming up with a sizing chart that fits the majority of bodies instead of 30% of them, um, which is about the average right now, um, for most companies because about 70% of women are in the United States are size 14 and above. Um, and most companies only go up to size 14 if they do. Um, so, you know, like I said, you're covering about 30% of women. And then obviously there are, like I said, men who can't fit in waiters as well. So, Um, you know, making something that is more size inclusive, that's not based on runway models is probably something that's pretty helpful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We always talk about that. Like I said, Megan's always with our kids, you know, it's like the Barbie, you know, the Barbie doll. It's like, wow, that is so not realistic. Right. Right. And they just push that. And so, yeah, that's a big challenge. Um, so who out there, so we have these great, uh, sounds like, uh, you know, you mentioned a few of them that are, um, and I've heard about some of these companies, uh, Miss Mayfly and things like that, that are female mm-hmm. owned and operated. What about um, some of the male or whatever, some of the bigger companies that aren't necessarily thought of as female um, founders and things like that? Who out there, is there a couple companies that are doing a good job with this? Or are there any companies doing a good job with this stuff on the gear? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, one that I can think of off the top of my head is definitely Adams built. Oh yeah. Um, they, yeah. So I actually, I bought my, you know, my partner is one of those men who's a little bit curvy. Um, and I bought him for Christmas, a pair of Adams built waiters, um, and boots. And I was floored at how well they fit him. Wow. Um, I mean, he's, you know, he's a little bit shorter. He's a little bit stout. Um, you know, he, yeah, he's, uh, and they, I mean, they just, they fit him perfectly. So I would definitely say like Adams built is doing a great job with their sizing for sure. There you go. Yeah. And I'll give a shout out to them. They, uh, yeah, they're kind of more of a, not the, you know, when you think of the huge, you know, bigger companies they are kind of more right. medium size, but, uh, yeah, you, you see them, they're doing a good job and, uh, you know, there's a whole crew there. I'm not, I'm trying to think of now the founder. I'm not sure if you remember, but the, um, 
I'll put a link in the show notes. But Dennis Isbister is kind of a guy who I think he's uh, helps promote what they have going. And, and Dennis and I are, are buddies. So shout awesome. out to yeah, shout out to Dennis. Uh, we saw I saw him actually at IFTD. So good to finally Sweet. connect in person. No, this is good. I think this is like it's just a, almost like baby steps, right? Some of this stuff where even this thing you're doing is so huge, and people that watch, I'm sure, are going to be impacted. But it's still just a stepping stone, right, to the next oh, thing. Yeah. It's probably going to take us still years, right, years and years to get to a point where even the 50/50 is the biggest thing because of Orvis. They've got it right. out there. But I mean, just like this pr- project you're doing is adding to that. And and how would people, you know, how do they, it sounds like you had this passion, but, you know, again, people wanting to do project like this, how would they, what would you tell them, right? If they're getting it, they, they're really passionate about doing something similar to right. this, what, what would you say? Yeah. I mean, if, you know, number one, if you are interested in doing a project like this, make sure that you have a good team behind you. Um, you know, that's one of the only reasons why we kind of survived through this, Um it, we have an amazing team. Um, Allie May is our uh, lead photographer, and she did some of the videography. Um, as I mentioned, Esteban Fernandez, Polina Saran is our lead editor on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, all three of them have done, you know, odd jobs here and there um, and just done an amazing job at supporting this project. Um but yeah, I mean, making sure that you have a great team, you know, making sure that you have the equipment, making sure that you're talking to people who have good things to say, um, you know, that are comfortable talking on camera, that, you know, have have meaningful things to say and that, you know, are doing the work behind that meaningful, you know, that behind those meaningful things. Right. Um, and we approach this project through a journalistic lens. So like, we're not trying to, you know, push an agenda or anything like that. Um, you know, like we, we did get, you know, a lot of different input from people and, and we put them all in there. It wasn't like we were trying to kind of spin a story. Um, but, uh, yeah. So like, I mean, even in the video that we did about safety, like we spoke to Courtney Despos who, you know, hasn't had an experience that has been scary while she's been guiding or on the river. Yeah. Um, and you know, like that is important. Like we need to show that too. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, you know, just making sure that you are, helping the industry, but also, you know, if you're going at it from a journalistic standpoint that, you know, you're showing, uh, we, we call it both sides in a story. Um, uh-huh. even though that's, there's a long complicated history of that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you are just going out and, you know, you're trying to not necessarily approach it from the same angle, but do something similar, like, yeah, like I said, making sure that you're finding people that are doing meaningful work, um, you know, not just focusing on people who are like you too. Um, you know, I mean, we tried to diversify the sources that we had in these videos as much as possible. Um, and you know, I, next I would love to see a video about people with disabilities Mm -hmm. on the river, like as a person with disabilities who often struggles to, you know, fish a full day or, you know, do whatever most people can, able-bodied people can, 
Um, I would love to see a video about, you know, just pointing out like the lack of access to waterways and to rivers for disabled people. Um, and you know, the lack of gear and the lack of, you know, access in general, um, would be awesome. So, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. And I think that, in places like outlets like this too, you know, I could probably do a lot better job and I know I can, right? I mean, getting more diverse and more content. And that's where it was cool when you reached out and or, or mm. however we connected first, you know, that it was like, oh yeah, this is a great topic. So I think that we could all do a better job, right? That's the struggle is, yeah. that, you know, and, and you know, some of this too, the, the, the challenges, and this is on the conservation stuff as well, is that when you do a conservation episode or whatever you do, a lot of times it gets a lot less views, right? Listens mm -hmm. because, and I don't know exactly why that is. I think because maybe people see negative, you know, they think it, maybe it's a negative thing and they want to hear more about other stuff, but right. you still have to do it, right? You still have to put it out there because that's kind of like, or I don't know, you know, you know what I mean? We all have to do that because that's the only way we're going to move this stuff forward. Right. And, and, and so I don't know, what, what would be your take on that? Do you feel like for somebody who maybe hasn't done much here and say, maybe they're thinking like, well, this is going to, this is going to hurt my, my numbers. What, what do you say about that? Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, as you already said, like, it's about taking baby steps, right? Like, we can all improve. And it is a learning process, you know, like, even someone who is aware of the issues, I still mess up sometimes, you know, like, mm -hmm. it is, it's a learning process. And it takes time to learn as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, so there's two sides to that, right? Like with the, oh, I don't want my numbers to fall or what have you. Um, first of all, like as a listener, as a consumer of media, um, I know that a lot of people, you know, listen to podcasts about fly fishing or, you know, about the outdoors, about any other thing um, to quote unquote, escape the political correctness right. or escape, you know, politics in general or what have you. That's the thing is like, you can't escape it because it is so intricately intertwined with everything in our lives. Like, you know, racism, um, homophobia, transphobia, misogyny, any kind of ism or whatever is very intricately related to every detail of our lives. So like, yes, there are things, there are barriers that have kept women and people of color and people with disabilities and, you know, people who are queer out of the outdoors. Um, you know, they're not physical barriers most of the time. Sometimes they are, but a lot of times it is, you know, the, the way that people look at you when you're out in the outdoors, um, you know, the just, I mean, there's a lot of exclusion. Yeah. Um, and like I said, we can't, we cannot take those two things apart and only have one. Um, yeah. so yeah, as a listener, um, get over it. Yeah, <laughs> Like exactly. I hate to be so blunt, but I mean, if you think that it doesn't affect your life because, Oh, I, you know, I don't face oppression. Like I don't really care about it. Yeah. You know, start caring about it because these are other human beings. Exactly. Um, and then as a producer of this media, I understand that like having your numbers fall is not a good feeling. Um, but in the long run, you will end up 
you know, kind of appealing to a larger audience. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, your numbers may fall for an episode or two, but in the long run, they will pick up because you will be appealing to a larger audience. Yeah. And you can also feel good about the work that you're doing, too. So... Exactly. Exactly. I think that is the other great point there that people probably don't realize is that, you know, and it's about finding your people, right? You know, it's like those people that are tuning you off because you're talking about, you know, whatever, right? Diversity, inclusion, women's rights, whatever. I mean, those probably aren't the people you want, you know, as your people anyways, right? And and so talk about your thing and you attract the people you want and and a better, more diverse. It's just like, you know, a more diverse population of humans, a more diverse population of animals in the wildlife. It's all, it's always better, right? It's always going to be better. So that's yeah. really cool to hear you say that. And I think that's the take home because, you know, the nope, you always hear like the guides out there, right? You're on a boat. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about mm-hmm. politics right on the boat. There's something else you right. don't talk about. But, but I mean, I guess you can kind of talk a little bit about that without, um, without ruining the trip, right? Is that, is that possible? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, you just have to find a way to appeal to the audience, right? Like, I mean, you know, whether you're on a guided trip or you have a podcast like yours, you know, you just have to find a way to appeal to them. Right. And like, that's what I kind of was talking about with, um, with, you know, making these videos and appealing to people in their comfort zone. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all about, like, I don't think that activism by screaming at people because they're wrong is very effective. Um, you know, calling people out is what they refer to it as. I think calling people in is a lot more effective, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and saying delicately like, Hey, you know, this is not okay. Or, you know, Hey, this is the issue or, you know, whatever. And then, you know, if they push back to a certain extent, then maybe, okay, it's time to call out. But, you know, at first, like, People only want to learn when you give them the opportunity to. Um, So, you know, with these, like, we're not, with these videos, we're not in people's face saying, hey, you know, like, white supremacy has caused this issue and, you know, like, it's your fault, blah, blah, blah. No, like, we're highlighting the people that are changing it, right? So, Yeah. yeah, it's an opportunity to educate. Jackson Hole Fly Company may sound like a new brand but they've actually been designing and manufacturing fly fishing equipment and flies since 1978. In 2020, they launched the new jhflyco.com and started selling gear directly to anglers all over the country. You can check them out right now. They have a huge selection of rods, reels, lines, tools, fly patterns, and all sorts of good stuff. They've got a special discount offer you can check out right now. This is a killer discount, 25% off on your first order. This uh, is pretty hard to beat. That is a nice chunk of money. They've got a bunch of flies right now. We've also got a little uh, little top fly challenge going. And we're going to be uh, giving a shout out to Jackson there in that challenge. And we're going to be shipping out some of their flies to the winners of that challenge. You can check them out right now. That's jhflyco.com slash swing to get 25% off your first order and also free shipping on all orders over $50. jhflyco.com slash swing to get started. Check it out. You support this podcast by checking out Jackson right now. 
let's circle back around on some of the top. So we, I think we talked about three. We had the conservation, the gear, the safety. What are there a couple other things we haven't touched on here? Um, yeah. So uh, our fourth one is actually, you know, perfect segue is um, called scope of inclusion, um, and it's about twenty minutes long. Um, and we spoke with Erica Nelson, who does the Awkward Angler podcast, oh, yeah. and and yeah, and she's also a guide at Willow Fly Anglers and a Brown Folks Fishing Ambassador. Um, and then we also spoke with Crystal Egley again for this video, um, and Janine Blair, who is uh, Fishinistas co-founder. Um, and so this one, obviously, you know, we're talking to three women of color, um, you know, black women. Um, and indigenous women. And um, we spoke to them not only about, you know, inclusion of, um, you know, the BIPOC community, but also um, LGBTQ plus, uh, disabled, uh, you know, anglers with disabilities, um, and, you know, every other marginalized person out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we talked to them about, um, you know, the lack of inclusion for these marginalized groups, um, not just in fly fishing, but in outdoorsmanship in general, um, in conservation organizations, et cetera. Um, you know, and, and how it can be really uncomfortable to navigate a predominantly white and male sport. Um, so, you know, like even with the diversification that we're seeing in fly fishing, a lot of it is still white women. Right. Um, so it is still a very white sport. Yeah. Um, so it can be pretty uncomfortable for people that don't fit in that box or, you know, in the cisgender heterosexual box, um, to navigate the sport. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then we also talk about how organizations and companies can start to include these marginalized groups and how to get them involved in all aspects of the industry. Um, and how, you know, predominantly white conservation groups, um, can also, you know, bring some diversity in, um, and how, instead of creating their own initiatives and own programs, how they can work with established groups that are, uh, you know, led and run by people that, you know, are affected. Um, you know, so there's groups that, you know, look at disability and outdoors and, you know, BIPOC and, you know, queer, et cetera. Um, so yeah, it's important to, uh, what I learned is it's important to, you know, work with those groups that are already up and running instead of, um, instead of creating your own initiatives. And one of the things that Crystal Agley said, um, is that, you know, like someone else is not going to be oppressed in the same way that you are like with intersectionality and, you know, multiple identities and all of that like someone who is white and disabled is not going to be, you know, oppressed in the same way as a, an indigenous woman or what have you. So, you know, kind of saying like, Oh, we need more diversity on the water in general is not, you know, it's a time saver because all you have to do is say, yeah, we just want more diversity, but in order to actually make meaningful change, you do have to have 
you know, specific, okay, we're going to get black women on the water. We're going to get indigenous women on the mm-hmm. water. We're going to get black men on the water, you know, what have you. Um, so yeah, that's that one. Yeah. On that one before uh, Madison, before you move on to the next one, I, I, I want to touch base. So I'm just curious on as far as the comparing fly fishing, maybe you don't have this data, but when you look at fly fishing, uh, you know, diversity versus say, you know, other outdoor sports, I mean, is it, is it, are we, is it similar? I mean, are, is fly fishing kind of behind ahead? And I kind of think of this because I've heard some things, I just on the conservation piece where we talk a lot about conservation and stuff, but some people I think feel like maybe other outdoor, um, you know, sports are a little bit high, further ahead, right, than the conservation piece. Can you shed any light on that? Right, absolutely. Yeah, um, I can't shed too much light on that, but I do know that as of a few years ago, um, I think there were like, I want to say 9% uh, people who identified as black in uh, fly fishing and then like 5% of those who identify as Latino or Hispanic. Um, so it's pretty small, um, but I don't know how that compares to other outdoor sports yeah. though. So yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll leave that for somebody. We'll circle back on that yeah. uh, at a later point, but that's just another, there's all sorts of data points right out there that you can dig into to figure out if you're doing, you know, how you're doing, right. That That's the whole thing oh, yeah. is like, how are we doing? Are we improving? I mean, how are we? So that's another big topic, right? We could dig into at a later point. Absolutely. Yes. Nice. Okay. So what was the final? So give us the other uh, uh, kind of movie that you guys did here. Yeah. Yeah. So the fifth video um, is untitled right now and it's about eight minutes long um, and it's kind of the other side of the industry. So, you know, we spoke to um, three women who, uh, you know, have started their own companies to resolve these issues. Um But we wanted to speak to, you know, women who are just kind of, you know, regular old anglers that um, have had trouble finding gear. Um, So for that one, we spoke to Penny Maybe Mm -hmm. um, and Lisa Lay, who is uh, a Mayfly Project mentor and the Colorado Trout Unlimited director at large. Um, And then Circe Sue, who is the Georgia Women Fly Fishers Program Director. Um, so yeah, we, I mean, we wanted to kind of, you know, hammer down on the fact that like, this isn't a problem just for, you know, full figured women or tall women or whatever. Um, it is an issue across the spectrum. So Lisa Lay and Cersei Sue are both kind of more petite women. Um, and then, you know, Penny maybe is a little bit more, uh, full figured and, you know, we wanted to just you know, hear their experiences, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, show their personal experiences trying to find gear and how that made them feel. Um, because it's not just, you know, ill-fitting gear is not just, um, you know, a safety hazard. Right. Um, it also takes a huge emotional toll. Um, and, you know, because it kind of tells you like, you know, if I can't find gear, maybe I don't belong in this realm, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, and it also, you know, it also kind of makes you feel like about your body and, um, yeah, just, it makes you feel not confident and confidence is key on the water. Um, so yeah, 
that's yep. uh, that's that last one. That's it. No, that, and again, that just kind of hits home because even in, I think everybody, maybe most people, even me, I'm pretty average build, I guess, you know, but, you know, I found like a medium long, right, is the, the waiter mm-hmm. that's, if I get a medium long, it's probably going to fit pretty well, but but I've right. had waiters that haven't fit, you know, perfectly and stuff, but for the most part, yeah, I mean, I, I can fit into anything, so, no, the gear thing is huge, and I love that there's so many new brands coming out there, and I'm sure lots more that will go, that will be coming, right, as we move forward here, Absolutely. and we've had a few of those episodes, I'll probably touch base with you to see, you know, some other people we can get on to keep moving this forward. Um, but yeah, any, anything yeah. else we want to get into? I guess I, I was going to ask, you know, as like I mentioned, as, as a, I'm a dad, I got a couple of girls, what would be a tip you'd give me to help to not, uh, you know, screw things up or to be better at this as I'm thinking of my girls, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because it's kind of, and the society, right, is think, I mean, because they're, I mean, God, we're going through this stuff right now with, right, it's it's kind of scary mm-hmm. some of this stuff out there. What, what would you tell me about how to how to keep doing a good job at connecting them to all this? Yeah, for sure. Um, to fly fishing or to like, you know, to yep. the larger stuff. Okay. Yeah, so. more to the broader stuff, like the stuff we're talking here, like everything that you have in the movie, all, you know, obviously it revolves around fly fishing, but it's bigger. It's way bigger than that, right? Yeah. It's all about, it's about society. I mean, what would you tell me? Maybe that's a big question, but maybe some little yeah. tip you'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, just having open, honest conversations with your kids, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you don't know the answer to a question they ask, tell them. Don't try and, you know, come up with a with an answer just because you want to. Right. Um, you know, tell them like, hey, I don't know the answer to that. Let's find out together. Yeah. Um, awesome. and also, you know, using some of the resources. I mean, there's like there are great um you know, book lists and movie lists that people have put together, um, you know, having them read some of those books um, and, uh, you know, exposing them to, you know, events and projects like Casting Forward, right, Mm -hmm. where it can be a fun thing that's also educational. Um, and, you know, taking them to, you know, weird events that you, you wouldn't think Mm. that would be interesting. Like, I mean, you know, I say weird, but, um, but not necessarily like, you know, there's, there's like drag queen reading times at libraries. Oh, right. Yeah. So, you know, like taking them to, you know, unique events and activities that are going to kind of help them grow up with, you know, different people surrounding them. Um, cause one of the things that like, you know, isolates us the most in our ideas of who other people are is not being exposed to people of different, Mm -hmm. you know, races, genders, sexualities, abilities, whatever it might be. Um, you know, how are you going to learn anything different if you're not exposed to it? Exactly. So yeah, 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 those are some some little tips. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. No, those are awesome. I think uh, yeah. I'll definitely uh, and I think yeah, just getting them to the, your event will be awesome because I think that's cool. a perfect fit and we'll be yeah, sharing the word and uh yeah, awesome. well before we get out of here anything else we missed today? I know, you know, we touched on a lot of it, but anything else you want to give a shout out before we head out of here? Um not really. I just want to give another shout out to my team, you know, mm-hmm. Ali May, Plena Saran, Esteban Fernandez. Um, you have all been awesome and I couldn't have done this project without them. And, 
um, yeah, that's, yeah. that's about it. We covered a lot. So that's awesome. How did yeah. you just quickly before we get out of here on your team? Um, yeah. and was that just a team built by friends of yours or, you know, how do you find, because that is a struggle, right? Building yeah. a team. Sometimes people might be just themselves sitting here. Like how do I even find money to pay for a team? Right. Yeah. Like, that's a struggle, but it sounds like you've, you've got some good people. How'd that all uh, come to be? Yeah. So, um, you know, on the payment aspect, like we actually, I have fully self-funded Ms. Mayhem from day one and this project. Um, so, you know, this opportunity or this event is kind of an opportunity for us to like, you know, make some of that money back. And then I want to give bonuses to mm -hmm. my team. Um, but yeah, so all three of them have been involved with Ms. Mayhem since the start of it. And, you know, just kind of like glommed onto this project when we started it. Um, I met all three of them through working at the student newspaper at MSU Denver, the university that I went to. Mm. Um, so, you know, obviously a little bit different because we are all journalists. Um, but yeah, I mean, I suggest like, especially if you're younger, going to, you know, your student media center to, you know, even hang out or, you know, much less join like the newspaper or the magazine or the radio show or whatever is available. Um, That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is a great opportunity to meet people that you will be working with for the rest of your life, pretty much. That's it. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure I heard a similar thing. And again, this is, uh, I'm not sure if you connected with the folks at, uh, Jared and the fly Lord stuff, but I was connecting to some of his, he's oh, yeah. kind of been blowing up, you know, with what he's been doing. Um, yeah. and, but I connected with one of his guys at the show and we're chatting with him and he told me about this I guess it was kind of a university, maybe not a, a normal uh, kind of what we think of as like larger, but it was this program where it all focused on conservation, just this really cool background. Mm. And uh, anyways, coming out of it, you know, you don't know that, but I think Jared has that background and he's hiring people from that school. Right. And, awesome. so, and so that's the cool yeah. thing is like, right. If you want to, you got to find those places where they're the hot spots of, like you say, journalism if that's what you want to do, or uh, I guess podcasting, right, for this example. Right. That's a little bit different because I don't even know if there's a podcasting school out there. It's like... <laughs> I'm sure there is now. Yeah. It's become such a popular, you know, form of media that I'm sure there's got to be, you know, at least like majors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there are. I, yeah, there's some education. There's definitely people that are teaching in, in coursework and stuff out there. So it's good. Yeah. But, uh, no, this has been fun. I definitely will put uh, a link here and so people can head out to... Um, and remind us again, the, the best website where we can find all this? Yeah. Um, so if you just go to our like website in general, mismayhem.com, um, there's a banner at the bottom of the page that will lead you to the Casting Forward landing page. Um, or you can also go directly. It's mismayhem.com slash casting dash forward. Mm -hmm. um, and you can find all the information um, and tickets and all that good stuff. Right on. Well, I'm excited to uh, watch it myself and I'll get the, yeah. we'll have a big event. We'll have the popcorn and have a, awesome. a full family event for this one. So sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Madison, thanks for all your time today and, and doing this uh, important work and shedding some light for everybody here. So I hope that, uh, you know, I think this is going to at least connect with a few people that are going to be interested and uh, yeah, until uh, I'll check back with you when we get the video and we'll go from there. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on. And, you know, I look forward to any more things in the future. So there you go. If you want to find all the show notes, all the links, and everything else we covered, wetflyswing.com slash 320-320-320 will get you the goods. 
If you're brand new to the show, or if you haven't clicked that subscribe button, this is a good way to make sure you get the next episode. And, uh, and that'll be delivered right into your pocket, right into your phone, or right into your inbox. And that next episode is going to be a good one. We're heading across the pond over to Iceland. We're going to be talking Iceland. So if you want to get updated and hear about one of the serious uh, destinations, one of the bucket lists, definitely another one that's on my list. We have a good conversation about Iceland what it's about and uh, and some cool uh, trips and resources to uh, just understand. If you've ever thought about it, this is the one to check out. All right, I think I think that is gonna be a wrap. If I don't have anything else right now, other than to say, if you can, check out with me, uh, Wetfly Swing, all over social. Send me an email, I'd love to hear from you, Dave at wetflyswing.com. If you have a show topic, it's always a good way to send me an email and just let me know. would love to hear if you had a chance to check out this episode, if this resonated with you. This is definitely, obviously, a, um, an important topic. And, uh, and I always love a chance to highlight topics that uh, you know we don't always uh, get a chance to. So we took a little, little break from the tips and tricks. I uh, hope you uh, enjoyed this and appreciated uh, what we dug into here today. Uh, and I hope that you get a chance to uh, connect with Madison as well. Love it if you could just say hi, maybe uh, let her know you heard about this on uh, the podcast, and check out their uh, check out the films. I'm going to be watching it as well with my with my family, and uh, going to be excited to check it out. So uh, thanks for supporting them and the podcast. And I will talk to you soon. See you on the river. See you on the water. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.